You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for Baseball Talk on the radio as the Indians are taking on the Twins this weekend in another battle of the top two teams in the American League Central Division. Coming up on this week's show, we'll visit with Indian slugger Edwin Encarnacion. He's been red hot at the plate and producing great numbers in terms of home runs and runs driven in. We'll also check in with Lonnie Chisenhall, Indians outfielder. Talk to him about what it's like to hit in the middle of this explosive lineup. The best part is this one through nine. You know, it's a different guy every night. Uh, you know, Jose and Eddie have been swinging it well for over a week now, but, you know, we feed off of one another. We will also visit with Francisco Lindor following the news that the Indians will play two regular season games next season in Puerto Rico. Extremely special is uh, a dream that is going to become a reality. Also coming up on this week's show, James Harris, the Indians Director of Player Development with the Weekly Farm Report and highlights from a great road trip for the Tribe. Swung on, hit high, hit deep to left. Back goes Rosario. Track, wall, gone! He's done it again! That's all coming up as Tribe Talk gets rolling right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us this weekend for baseball talk on the radio and a lot of baseball left at Progressive Field this week. The Indians just getting rolling on their new homestand with two more against the Twins Saturday and Sunday afternoons. And then the Texas Rangers come in, their only visit of the season starting on Monday night. Taking a look back at the week in review and what a week it was for the Tribe and then some, as at one point they had won 8 of 9, including 7 of 8 on their 8-game road swing to Minnesota and Baltimore. And we take a look back at the finale of the Minnesota series at Target Field last weekend, Sunday afternoon. It was the Edwin Encarnacion show all weekend long in the Twin Cities, and he would put the Indians in front in the fourth inning, going deep once again. Here's the pitch to him. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Forget it. Deep left into the upper deck again for Encarnacion. Second time in this series that he has gone deep to the second level. And the Indians are in front one nothing. Wow. Encarnacion stays hot. He now has 15 home runs. That was just the tip of the iceberg, though, for Encarnacion as he would get it going again, this time in the sixth inning. Twins over shift to the pull side, three on the left side, outfield toward left, medium deep, where Encarnacion is now hitting balls. Doesn't matter where you play your defense, unless you've got an extra outfielder that you can put in the upper deck. Gibson's pitch. Swung on, hit high, hit deep to left. Back goes Rosario. Track, wall, gone! He's done it again! Edwin Encarnacion with a towering two-run home run into the upper deck near the left field line. Oh, my, is this guy locked in or what? Three-nothing Indians. Encarnacion, two homers, three RBIs. 
Meanwhile, Trevor Bauer was just tremendous on the mound, ending the sixth inning by retiring his 13th Twins hitter in a row. Bauer works first base side of the rubber. Into the motion, the payoff pitch. Swung on, fly ball, weakly hit to left. Coming in is Robertson. He'll put it away, and the beat goes on as Trevor Bauer has now mowed down the Twins. Thirteen consecutive Twins have been retired. And in the seventh, Edwin Encarnacion was back at it for the Indians. Boy, over the last month, he has looked like the franchise hitter the Indians envisioned. He swings, smokes at the third, it eats up Sano, gets by him into left field. In to scores, Kipnis to second is Ramirez. Oh, was that ball scalded? Four nothing Indians. That better be a hit. I mean, Sano at third on his glove side had no chance on that screamer. And it does go as an RBI single for Encarnacion. He now has four RBIs today. And the Indians have a 4 nothing lead. As Kipnis scores, Ramirez stops at second. And Encarnacion now 35 runs batted in. Encarnacion would add another run driven in in the eighth inning, a sacrifice fly that made it five runs driven in for him. So the Indians wrapped up the sweep in Minneapolis, and then it was on to Baltimore, where they opened up a new series against the Orioles on Monday night. And guess who would get the scoring started? None other than Edwin Encarnacion. The pitch to him. Swung on, ripped to third, past the third baseman Machado. Down the line it goes, into the left field corner. Scoring easily is Ramirez, and cruising into second with an RBI double to put the Tribe in front is Edwin Encarnacion. one nothing Indians as the two hottest hitters on the ball club get things started offensively tonight for the Tribe. So the Indians had snapped the scoreless tie in the fourth inning, and they were just getting started as Lonnie Chisenhall stepped in. Here's the 1-2. Swung on, line drive, right center field. That's going to split the gap. Scoring easily is Encarnacion. Cruising into second with a stand-up double is Chisenhall. And three consecutive doubles now have put the Indians in front. 2-0. Chisenhall continues to sizzle. That's his 10th double on the season. 36 runs driven in. And bear in mind, Chisenhall has had two different stints on the DL. This is only his 45th game. Still in the fourth, Austin Jackson joined in. Play back in. Here's the pitch. Swung on, line drive, down the left field line. That'll get down for extra bases. Into the corner it goes. One run is in. Here comes Santana with a second run. And into second with yet another Run scoring double. This one bringing home two is Austin Jackson. And the Tribe is up 4 nothing. Four doubles in the inning for the Indians. And Jackson comes up huge with two down and the bases loaded. So 4 nothing Indians after four in the fifth inning. They kept it rolling. Jason Kipnis got it started going deep. Here's the pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep right field, way on out of here. Home run, Jason Kipnis. Oh, my, a majestic blast into the night for Kipnis. And it is now 5 nothing Tribe. Eighth home run of the season for Kipnis. And I don't think it went on to Utah Street, but he hit it a ton. That's the benchmark for home run distance here at Camden Yards. You hit it on to Utah Street. 
Oh, maybe he did. As we get a second look, he hit it a ton. And a footnote on that home run for Kipnis, it, it did indeed go out to Utah Street, that street well beyond the right field wall and between the wall and the warehouse at Camden Yards. And for Kipnis, he became the 50th visiting player to hit a home run onto Utah Street. The Orioles put a plaque down in the very spot where those home runs land, and Kipnis has landed just inches away from a home run from a prior Cleveland Indian from uh, several years ago as Drubal Cabrera. So a couple of middle infielders for the Indians and former teammates now have plaques on Utah Street in Baltimore right next to each other because of long home runs that they hit against the Orioles. So that's just a side note for you. Back to the action on Monday. Carlos Santana still in that fifth inning. Blew it open with another home run. Pitch to Santana is driven high and deep. Left center field way back there. Home run, Santana. A two-run shot, and it is now 7-0 Tribe. Number nine for Carlos Santana. A laser, not very high at all, but it's only 364 to left center, and he hit it awfully close to that distance marker. Just a couple of rows back, but it gets out. Boy, they've exploded here in the middle innings. And Austin Jackson put the finishing touches on another big inning for the Tribe. Here's the pitch to Jackson. It swung on and popped up down the right field line. If it's fair, it's trouble, and it is a fair ball. Gomes scores into third goes Zimmer, and Austin Jackson has a bloop double that may have hit chalk down that right field line. Another run scores for the Indians. And it is now 8-0 Tribe. Oh, everything going right for the Indians tonight. And, of course, they're they're helping themselves by hitting the ball hard. But that time, just a, a blooper down the right field line that caught the foul line. And Austin Jackson has his second double on the night. The Indians ended up putting 12 runs on the board, which was more than enough on this night as Corey Kluber was working on a masterpiece. Boy, and again, Corey Kluber and Jan Gomes working in concert. I don't know if Kluber has shaken off Jan Gomes one time tonight. Again, Kluber's ready. Into the motion, the 2-2. Swing and a miss. Ball game. Got him with a cut fastball. Kluber with a season-high 11 strikeouts and strikes out the side in the ninth to end the shutout in emphatic fashion. The Indians pummel the birds 12 to nothing to open this four-game series. Corey Kluber gets his second complete game three-hit shutout. And the Indians have a season-high six straight wins. And they're a season-best six games above 500. Fifth career shutout for Kluber. And the Indians had the 12-0 win. And the beat went on. Well, it ended, though as their first loss to the road trip came on Tuesday night in Baltimore, a 6-5 to Orioles win, but the Indians got right back to it on Wednesday night. Scoreless game, fifth inning, Roberto Perez with a big base hit. Long look in here by Gossman. Now he's ready. Here's his pitch. Swung on, line drive, base hit in the left. Near the gap, and it skips on by. All the way to the wall. Rounding third, heading for home is Zimmer. He'll score standing up. On a double by Roberto Perez. one nothing Tribe. Wow, that ball was not hit that far into the gap. Kim, the left fielder, took forever to get there. 
And it just skipped on by him. And the route was not the best as well. And Zimmer can fly. And he comes all the way around from first base with the game's first run. Later on in the inning, Francisco Lindor, who had been struggling somewhat at the plate, started to show some great signs of busting loose again. Two and two, the count on Lindor. Here's the pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball, deep right center. Way back there. Home run, Lindor. And the Indians are up 3 nothing. Yep, maybe it is turning for Lindor as he stayed in the middle of the diamond as that was just to the right of center. And home run number 14 on the season puts the Tribe in front 3-0. Meanwhile, Carlos Carrasco was impressive. In the sixth inning, he struck out Manny Machado to establish a new season high in strikeouts. One ball, two strikes on Manny Machado. The right-handed hitting all-star third baseman. Boy, is he a good player. The pitch to him. Swing and a miss. He chased one in the other batter's box. Machado wants help from the first base ump and the home plate ump, Brian Black. And he says, I don't need to appeal. I've got two eyes. I'm very good at what I do. And I'm very close to the action. Take a hike. So the check swing strikeout gives Carrasco his first double-digit strikeout game of the year. Still 3-0 Indians in the seventh. Carrasco ran into trouble, loading the bases with nobody out. And for most teams, especially in a game in Baltimore, that can spell big-time trouble. But the Indians have Andrew Miller in their back pocket, and he came on and was outstanding. Two down, bases loaded. Orioles had bases loaded, nobody out when Miller came on. Still 3-0 Indians. Now the 1-2 offering. Swing! And a miss. Got him with the mid-90s heater. He's done it again. Bases loaded. Nobody out. Miller time is fun time for Indians fans. So the score stayed 3-0. Not for long. Ninth inning. Indians added insurance. First, Francisco Lindor. The pitch. Swung on grounded. Wide to first into right. That's a base hit. Perez had to hurdle the ball not to get hit by it. In to score is Zimmer. And Lindor comes through again. 4-0 Indians. Frankie Lindor with an RBI single in the hole on the first base side of the infield. He has three RBIs tonight and 33 on the year. And that's the Frankie Lindor that was as good as any player in the game last year. He didn't get big with the swing. He didn't try to hit the three-run homer. He just knocked a base hit in that hole and puts the Tribe up 4 nothing. And then it was Jason Kipnis. The pitch. Kipnis with a liner towards center field. It's getting down. A base hit. Everybody moves up a base. Perez will now try to score. Jones throw to the plate. Slide tag. Did he miss the plate? He did not. He slapped it with his hand. He is safe at the plate. It's a 5 nothing Indians lead. Kipnis with an RBI single to center. Scores Perez, who got a late start from second base. And the Indians had the 5-1 to one win, and they would finish the road trip in style. On Thursday night, Orioles took a 1-0 lead, but red-hot hitting Austin Jackson would answer. The payoff swung on line toward the gap, right center field. It's going to get down and roll to the wall. Extra bases for Jackson. Santana's being waved home. Jackson's going for three. Throw to third. He's in sliding with a triple. Santana scores the tying run. 
An RBI triple to right center by Austin Jackson. His first three-bagger of the year. Boy, has he had a series. Five RBIs for Austin Jackson this series, and we've got a 1-1 ball game. Still in the second inning, Jan Gomes would put the Indians in front. Miley's pitch. Swung on a little flare to right. It is going to drop for a base hit, and the Indians take a 2-1 lead. Good at bat for Jan Gomes. He flips one the other way, and he has his 19th RBI. And the Indians, with three straight hits to start the second, have a 2-1 lead on Baltimore. The Orioles tied the ball game at 2, but in the third inning, it was Austin Jackson once again coming up big. Here's the payoff pitch. Swung on, grounded towards short by the diving Tejada. Into left field, a base hit. Ramirez scores, Encarnacion right behind him. The Indians back on top, 4-2. to two. Austin Jackson with three RBIs tonight. A two-out, two-run single to left. And the Indians doing all of this with two outs and nobody on base. And Jackson with seven RBIs in this series. Later on in the ballgame, sixth inning, Eric Gonzalez went deep. Now the 0-2. Swung on, hit in the air, deep left center field. This ball is going. It is gone to the Baltimore bullpen. Eric Gonzalez gets his second major league homer. Boy, did he put a charge into that one, into the bullpen in left center. And the Indians do get their fifth run. And now lead the Orioles by a score of 5-2. to two. So Eric Gonzalez was down in the count. And he drove one out of here to the bullpen in left center. And in the ninth, Encarnacion finished off a monster road trip with another RBI base hit. Infield in. This can't be much fun to be a shortstop or third baseman playing in and Edwin Encarnacion at the plate. Yanoa sets and fires. A swing and a broken bat flare to center. It is dropping. Base hit. That is going to score Ramirez. Indians six. Birds two. Second hit of the night for Encarnacion is team-high 40th RBI. In the ninth inning, it was Andrew Miller on to finish things off. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Ball game. Strikes out Trumbo with a slider. So Miller strikes out the side, even though the Orioles are able to get a run here in the ninth inning. But what a trip for the Indians, and they win it tonight. Six to three, and they come home with a two and a half game lead over Minnesota after starting this road trip two games behind the Twins. So that completed a seven and one road trip for the Indians. They returned home Friday night, and the Twins turned the table on the Tribe as Minnesota came away with a five nothing shutout win. That's your week in review. Stay with us when we come back. We'll hear from Indians outfielder Lonnie Chisenhall and also slugging designated hitter Edwin Encarnacion. That comes your way shortly as we continue with Tribe Talk right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us this weekend as we talk Tribe Prior to the Indians' ball game with the Twins at Progressive Field late Saturday afternoon, a 4-10 first pitch, and then another game against the Twins on Sunday at 1-10. 
Well, one of the key hitters for the Indians this season has been Lonnie Chisenhall, putting up outstanding numbers. In fact, heading into games on Saturday, Chisenhall was hitting 295, but the production outstanding. Ten home runs, 37 runs driven in in only 49 games. He's been on the disabled list twice with two injuries that kept him out for just a little while, nothing major. But it's been a good year for Chisenhall, and when we caught up with him earlier this week, we asked him about the power numbers that are up and if that's something that goes back to last year in terms of his approach. Yeah, you know, just growing as a hitter, making sure you're taking advantage of those good counts. So the pitchers do such a good job now. You know, there's no such thing as a hitter's count, but, you know, you can anticipate. So, you know, just trying to do that better, uh, you know, taking care of the video, understanding what the guy's trying to do to you. And then the guys in front and behind you, you know, put the work in where maybe you're able to see a few extra pitches and things like that. You're a regular player, but occasionally you get that day off. Yet, pinch hitting-wise, you've had a lot of opportunities and you performed well. What's the key to, to being a successful pinch hitter that, that you maybe learned over the years? You know, it's the same thing I, I said the other day. It's about embracing it. You know, it's it's such a challenge. It's not an easy thing to do. So you, you go up there, you, you try to have, you know, the best knowledge you can getting in the box of what the guy you know has what he's going to try to do to you you know should I be aggressive is it a good time to take pitches so all that comes into account but at the end of the day you just try to put a good swing on a good pitch you know it's not not a whole lot's expected you know I mean out of a pinch hit and you go up there you, you try to help the team no matter you know what the situation is Jason Giambe always used to say he liked it because you knew it would be a big situation if they're calling on you to pinch hit most of the time. You like yeah. that part of it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, for the most part, you, there's usually guys on base. So it, it's always a fun challenge where, you know, it's a big situation. We either need a big hit or, you know, we're, we're looking to extend a lead or something like that. So it's always crunch time. So, I mean, you have no problem, you know, getting your blood going. You know, that adrenaline takes over. And, you know, it, it, it's fun, you know. Big G had a lot of big home runs, you know, coming off the bench. And it's about being ready, you know, seeing those spots ahead of time. You know, they give you a heads up of where you might hit, but you, you try to do your best of knowing what's a good situation for you. Lonnie Chisenhall joining us. All right. The team is on a tremendous roll here, especially offensively. Six-game win streaks, scoring runs galore. Uh, how enjoyable is it to be in this lineup right now? And what do you like about the lineup? You know, I, the best part is this one through nine. You know, it's a different guy every night. Uh, you know, Jose and Eddie have been swinging it well for over a week now. But, you know, we feed off of one another. So if the guy in front of you is battling and, you know, has a good at bat and gets a knock, you know, the guy behind you, that same intensity carries over. So that's the way we've always played baseball. You know, try to do it one through nine. You, you never let, you know, the defense take a break. You never let the pitcher take a break. You know, have them work. Take advantage of those mistakes. And we, we've done that lately. All right, Lonnie, thanks a lot for the insight. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. That's Indians outfielder Lonnie Chisenhall having just an outstanding season for the Tribe. Also another hitter who has been in an incredibly hot stretch for a while now after a slow start, Edwin Encarnacion. He headed into play on Saturday, hitting 263, 17 home runs, and 40 runs driven in. He's been hitting at a 320 clip for more than a month now. We had a chance to catch up with Edwin earlier this week. Some translation help from the Fine Indians translator, Anna Bolton. And our question to Edwin initially was, it took a little while for him to get going, but what's the biggest difference between the early season 
and what he's going through now at the plate. Uh, I just keep on trying to make the necessary adjustments, and that's what I've been working on, and thank God that now things are things are going better. And certainly in, in the past, April hasn't always been the easiest month for you. The, the fact that you've been able to, to start slow but then pick things up and, and be the hitter that we've seen in the past, does, does that help having gone through that before? Uh, no, like I always say, it's... Um, I don't know, like it's, I always want to try to start hot, but that's not how it's happened, but thank God it's it's starting to happen now. When you look at, at being with a new team, the Indians, uh, first time in a while for you where you change organizations, what were some of the, the things that you were going through early in the season to, to try and get comfortable with your teammates, and was there anyone here who, who helped you along and really made you feel comfortable with a new team? Um, you know, every day, every single game, you try to get to know the team a little bit better. Um, and also I've been making the necessary adjustments. But at this point, I now feel like I've been a part of this team for a really long time. And along those lines, you were with some, some real good lineups with the Blue Jays. What do you like about this lineup, when, especially after weekends like this past weekend where they were able to put up a lot of runs in a short period of time? Uh, from top to top, from top to bottom, we have a really good and productive lineup. Anyone in the lineup uh, can contribute with a hit um, or be the person who gets the winning run for us. Um, and that's what a winning team does: is they have good balance, like we do. And when you look at uh, the weekend, obviously very strong weekend. You want to keep it going here in Baltimore. Tell us about the last time you faced the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Perhaps your best memory in, in your major league career? I don't remember the last time that I Wild card game with the Blue Jays? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I know. It was a beautiful moment and exciting, one of the most exciting parts of my career. All right, Edwin, thanks so much for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Edwin Encarnacion with translation help from Anna Bolton. And uh, nice to visit with Edwin, who certainly is in a good spot right now. And we're seeing the hitter that the Indians had signed back in the offseason, who has been so productive in the major leagues and consistent the last five years. That's been with the Blue Jays. Now the Indians fans get to see that on an everyday basis. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll visit with Indian shortstop Francisco Lindor. A big week for him in a lot of different ways. And we'll find out what those are when we return after this as Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us as we talk baseball on the radio this weekend. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Indians Radio is our Twitter address. Francisco Lindor, Indian shortstop, had a big week both on and off the field while in Baltimore. Another visit to uh, see the kids in the Baltimore RBI program, kids aged 10 to 16 or so. Baseball in the inner cities there in Baltimore, and uh, Francisco just loves doing that. We'll talk to him about that shortly. Also about trying to, to bat his way out of what for him was a difficult stretch at the plate. But he was most excited to talk about a series next season on the schedule that's been announced. The Indians will play the Minnesota Twins 
in Puerto Rico. So a chance for Francisco Lindor to go back home and play in front of friends and family from where he grew up. And, um, boy, when we had a chance to visit with him, he said that uh, it's exciting to play anywhere, but to be able to play in Puerto Rico, it means a whole lot. It's very special. It's extremely special. It's a, a dream that is going to become a reality. Uh, I remember growing up watching the Expos and the, play, the teams that used to come and um, play over there, and I'm just very excited. I've never had a chance to play in Puerto Rico ever since I, I got drafted, and I'm looking forward to it. And you mentioned being able to see Major League Baseball there when you were a kid. What is that like in terms of being able to follow the game on a regular basis and then have a team actually come there and, and play there? Oh, it's, it's, like I said, it's, it, it was it was awesome. It was awesome seeing the um, – I remember when Texas came, Aero was there, um, Jose Bidro with the Expos was there, Blatty was there. Um, the Orioles came in town one time, and it was – Javi Lopez was cashing at that time, Primero at first. Uh, Miguel Tejada, shortstop. It was just a dream. The Braves when Rafi Fulca was there. It was just awesome. It was awesome, man. That experience. And now that I, I'm in the in the shoes they were back in the days, I got a chance to um, talk to kids back in Puerto Rico, and they get they get a chance to watch us play. It's gonna be a dream, and it's gonna be extremely special for me. It's almost a year away. You may need that to take care of all the ticket needs, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, I might be talking to some people to try to get more tickets because um, some, somehow, some way, I gotta get the family and uh, my friends out there. A little bit closer to home here in Baltimore, where the Indians are this week. You had a chance earlier in the week to visit the RBI program here, and I know it's something you've done in several different cities. Uh, how did it go here in Baltimore for you? It went well. It went very well. The kids here they're awesome. I got a chance to. Uh, there was about thirty of them. I got a chance to talk to them. I, I told them, ask me questions. I'm a guy that if you ask me questions, I'll talk forever, but I don't like to talk about myself much. Um, but it was, it was just very, very cool seeing the kids and talking to them and catching ground balls with them. And it's always fun whenever you can get away from a big league stadium and go to a, to talk to kids because they take you back to where you start. And it's, it's special, and that's one of the reasons why I do it because uh, I love the game, I love kids, and why not um, going out there and donating some time. Does it recharge you a little bit, you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It makes me, it makes me appreciate the game. It makes me, um, it humbles me, and um, it, it's fun, it's fun. And you're in the uh, inevitable long season. There's ups and downs, things like that. And I know lately at the plate it's been a challenge for you. What are some of the things that, that you're working on to, to try and get to where you like to be at the plate? Relax, enjoying the game. That's pretty much. That's pretty much it. If I relax and, I, I, and if I enjoy the game and just compete, pitch after pitch, I'll be successful. And and that's what I got to continue to do day in and day out. I've been enjoying the, the game, but uh, I, you try to do more stuff to try to help the team win, and that's when you get in trouble. And uh, just look for a good pitch to hit. And if you miss it, it's okay. You might get another one. If you don't, then walk to the first base. You know. You like what you're seeing from the team right now? It's been going pretty good. It's a great team. Um, I knew what we were capable of doing since since day one. Um, it was just a matter of clicking, and right now that's what we're doing. We got to get higher. We got a long way to go. We got to continue to play the game the right way, not take any pitch for granted, and um, we'll see what happens. We're still at four months, I think, <laughs> so we got a long way to go still. Well, thanks for the time, as always, Francisco. Appreciate Thank you. it. Thank you. Always great to catch up with Francisco Lindor. What a fantastic outlook 
on a lot of different subjects, but uh, man, it, when a player goes through a tough stretch, sometimes they wear it, and you can tell. But for Francisco Lindor, he just enjoys the heck out of this game, and even when he was going through a difficult stretch, you would never know it by his demeanor, how he interacted with his teammates, and it looks like he's starting to, to break out of it and swing the bat extremely well once again. Stay tuned. When we come back, it's more of Tribe Talk. We'll have our weekly farm report with James Harris, the Indians Director of Player Development, next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field for our final segment on this week's show. James Harris joins us. He's the Indians Director of Player Development to update us on the Indians farm system. And this week we focus on Double A Akron, where perhaps the most highly regarded prospect in the system is catcher Francisco Mejia. We saw him in spring training, Major League Camp, where he was impressive, and he's carried that through to his first two months of the season and then some at double a akron he's catching well swinging the bat extremely well and we asked james what's been impressing him the most as well as the managers and coaches down at double a akron about mejia right i think the thing about him is i think you knew ahead of time that he could hit uh last year he had a 50 game hitting streak and this year he's he's living up to that as well i think the thing that is really standing out with him is how much work he's done on his receiving um, he's always had a strong arm. He's doing a good job of communicating with pitchers. His English has has gotten incredible. Um, so he's developing into a well-rounded player. Where before you would talk to him about uh, what his bat can do. Now you're saying, hey, he can hit from the left and right side of the plate. Um, his re- receiving is getting better. He'll throw a guy out. Like he, he's athletic. I mean, and he he's competitive. So I mean, there's a lot of things there to like. And you mentioned the improvements defensively, and uh, the Indians don't have a, a roving catching instructor per se, and there's not uh, a true catcher on their coaching staff, Mark Budzinski, the manager there now, but with the different catching instructors uh, in the system at different levels, and then of course at the big league level during spring training, it seems like he's gotten a lot of, of great instruction during the course of, of the last several months. Yeah, and and he's getting great instruction on, on catching in Akron. I mean, our coaches there are well rounded in, in what he needs, so they do a good job there. When he's in the big league, when he was in big league camp, he was around Sandy. It doesn't get much better than than learning from him. There's guys in our system like Dave Wallace and Luke Carlin, who's a short season manager. There's guys like Chris Trimmy. So all through spring, he had exposure to a lot of guys who can can pour into him, and then he's getting the on the day to day basis in Akron as well. And you mentioned a communication part of it. What is he doing to to make sure that that goes quickly? Because apparently it is going very quickly for him, uh, being able to communicate in his second language. Yeah. Well, that's the first thing he did was just decide that that he's going to be a better communicator in English. I think he he had that skill last year, but didn't use it as much. This year, he's engaging people in in English, using conversations, starting conversations with his teammates. Um, he's kind of come out of his shell a little bit. I think before people thought he was a, a guy who's shy. He is not shy. He's a guy who's a great communicator. He's a great teammate, and he's a great competitor. Switching to the pitching side, uh, we talked about this guy when he was at single A, Thomas Pannone, and he got the promotion to double A, and in seven starts has been tremendous. And uh, what are you seeing from him that's so encouraging as he moves up another level. 
I think the thing that stands out about him is his maturity and his preparation. So he comes to the park every day to with a, a mission and an intent in mind, and he gets that done. Then he goes to the mound, executes in the game, and as soon as the game's even over, while he's still sweating, he's back in the video room, back with the coaches, analyzing his performance. Uh, I was just there the other day. He left the mound, was looking for him to, to, to say hello to him. He was already in the video room. The media people were standing outside waiting to talk to him. He had, he was getting his routine done, um, and and he's a, he's a professional. He's a true professional. And one other pitcher that we'll talk about this week, Cameron Hill, uh, getting some bullpen work at AA Akron. What do you like about him so far? I mean, I love the, the attitude that he brings out of the pen. Like, he comes in with some energy. He comes in with some athleticism. And he just he comes up there to get people out. And when he does, he shows some emotion. Guys feed off of that. I was really excited about uh, what he brought the day I was there. Good stuff from the AA Akron Ball Club, certainly. James, always great to have you on. We'll catch up with you again next week. Awesome. Thank you. Look forward to it. That's James Harris, Indians Director of Player Development, the Weekly Farm Report, and that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us. Thanks so much for tuning in. And stay tuned here on your Indians Radio Network stations for Tribe Baseball, a 4-10 first pitch on Saturday afternoon against the Twins and a 1-10 first pitch time on Sunday afternoon also against the Twins. We'll join you next week when the Indians are on the road in Detroit for a day-night doubleheader against the Tigers next Saturday. That's where our next show will come from. So until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Time to hop back on the bandwagon, folks. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.